Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, the media outreach of the Holy Church of God Incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida where this broadcast is originating through the World Wide Web coming to you wherever you are receiving this Bible study today. I know it's going to be a blessing to you because it's based entirely upon the clear teachings from the Word of God. Hallelujah. We're going to be talking in just a few moments about the blessing of being in God's kingdom. And while this pertains to you personally, if you are a Christian, uh, it also pertains to you if you are not a Christian in this regard. <laughs> you can come into God's kingdom and you can be delivered from whatever is holding you back. There are a lot of people that will not even consider the the coming to Christ as your Savior because uh, you say in your heart, I really don't want to be a hypocrite. I really don't want to commit to something I know I'm not going to be able to follow through on. And that's, that's, that's virtuous of you. That's a good, good thing of, that you're that honest. But let me tell you something. The devil is a deceiver. He wants you to think that you have to be able to deliver yourself unto God in a pristine manner to where you have quit all of your vices, you've been delivered from all of your habits, and now you're worthy of His salvation. And that is a, a life from the pit of hell itself. Uh, the Scripture is very clear in John's Gospel. As many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of of God. We come to Him as the great invitation song says, Just as I am without one plea, but that Thy blood was shed for me, and Thou bids me come to Thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Friend of mine today, you can come to Christ, and then something so powerful and so wonderful occurs because you've given Him permission by the the act of your own will and faith to do a work in your life. And we as Christians have had that occur in our life, and we're going to be talking about it. But you listen in today. You can come to Jesus before this broadcast is over and be delivered and set free. You can be translated. Hallelujah. Praise God and transformed. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to be talking about the blessing of being in God's kingdom. We're going to take our foundational scripture from Colossians 1 verse 12 and 14. Listen to this carefully today. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Listen carefully. We have been translated 
transferred from one state to another, not talking about a, a state like the United States, but for one, uh, our lost condition uh, under the, the chains of darkness that has held us back. Uh, those chains and that prison house of darkness, we have been translated out of that. I don't know if we have any Trekkies out there that watch Star Trek, but you know what that that great machine was you know captain kirk could be in a in a prison held by some alien as a captive and all scotty had to do was translate him from where he was back onto the enterprise to take him from the prison and put him in the place of absolute freedom you see the prison of darkness is so strong the devil is telling people they cannot ever be delivered they could never be set free. But I'm here to tell you today, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Bible said He delivers you from the power of that darkness and translates us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Hallelujah. The devil's power over us is broken the instant we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, having repented of our sin. We are actually delivered from the power of darkness. Listen to Ephesians six, ten, and 11 and 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, friend, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, we change kings. And that's why we change kingdoms. The reason sin can no longer reign in us is because Satan no longer rules in us. Romans six twelve through 18 makes it very clear. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not? that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servant ye are whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Hallelujah. In other words, you can't change yourself, but God can and will change you. 
and he has changed us who have put our faith in him. We are not sinlessly perfected, but sin is not having dominion over us anymore. It doesn't reign. It doesn't rule because we are in the kingdom of God's Son, no longer in the power or the kingdom of darkness. That is the, 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 the clear uh, understanding of what grace has allowed and provided for us that we could be translated and we could then be transformed. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. Because we've been translated, we can be transformed. This, this, this brings reformation, but it starts with transformation. And the first and foremost scripture for anyone who trusts Christ should be in the book of Romans, where it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, being no more conformed to the world, literally pushed into the world's mold. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Hallelujah. Be ye no more conformed, but be ye transformed. Praise God. And this is all the work of the Holy Spirit in you. But it begins with this wonderful powerful work of God, translation, translation. You're delivered from that prison of darkness and set free to serve the living and true God. And the reason that sin doesn't have dominion is because we are in God's kingdom, Christ's kingdom, Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, really is one in the same because it's talking about the rule and domain of a king, where a king rules in undisputed, <laughs> absolute authority. You see, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, he is the one who is now ruling and reigning within us. The reason sin doesn't reign in us is because Christ is now our Lord. <laughs> Christ is now our King, and we are the children of His kingdom. We not only change kings, it gets more personal and intimate. We change fathers. According to John 8, verse 39 through 45, it said, They answered and said unto Him, speaking of Jesus, Abraham is our father. And Jesus saith unto them, If Abraham's children, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man, hath a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. 
And Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. He told them, you're of your father, the devil. And we are no longer, friend, the children of darkness. If you receive Christ as your Savior, you and I have become children of light. And we are able to say, Abba, Father, to God Himself. And the Bible said when we say Abba, Father, and by the way, Abba is an Aramaic term that Jesus used in the garden as the only begotten Son. He cried out and said, Abba, Father. It is more, it, Father can be a, a reverential, respectful term, but when you add Abba, it becomes the trust of a child. It becomes the 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 intimate uh, 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 cry that Jesus talked to his father from the from the standpoint of his own suffering. Uh, he cried out in the garden while he sweat great drops of blood and said, "Abba, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done." This word Abba in the Aramaic is, is akin to our word that infants form when they first recognize their father, Dada. It's just two syllables, and in the Aramaic it would be Abba, Abba, Abba. So he prefaced father with Abba. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, because we know our relationship we have with Christ now, we know we're reconciled unto the Father. We know that He has sent the Holy Spirit to seal us and the Holy Spirit to cry Abba within us. When we cry Abba, He confirms it. Hallelujah. When we say Abba, Father... The Bible speaks of us as having the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is an amazing thing to me, amen, that we were of our father, the devil, but now God has become our heavenly Father. In fact, Jesus said, when you pray, I want you to acknowledge this. I want you to affirm this. I want you to begin your prayer with acknowledging your reconciled relationship with God. And I want you to begin it like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see, the reverence isn't lost, but neither is the relationship you can get the reverence so strong that you you lose sight of the relationship that you are called to as a Christian. It is an intimate, personal 
relationship. What manner of love is this? No wonder Paul was taken back by, by what God has done for him in Christ and for us. What manner, what manner, what kind of love is this that we might be called the sons of God and have the Holy Spirit confirm it within us for he is the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, praise God, amen. We've been translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, where we have been transformed by the renewing of our mind. And no more does the world press us into its mold. We are not obligated to follow the trends, whatever is trending in the culture, but whatever is is being clearly declared in the kingdom of God. We march to the beat of a different drummer. We are upstream Christians in a downstream world, and that's okay. That's exactly how it should be. That's why the scripture said, marvel not that the world hate you. It hated me before it hated you. Amen. Marvel not. And, and it said to rejoice not when men embrace you and, and all men accept you. We're not here to please everyone. We're here to please the Lord. As much as lieth within us, we're to be at peace with all men, the Scripture said. But we're never to seek peace with men at the expense of the peace with God that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Listen to Ephesians 5, 6 through 11 very carefully today. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Amen. You see, this is the great danger today, is that the church of Jesus Christ, Christians like you and me, in particular, will reflect the darkness of the culture instead of the brightness of the kingdom. Listen to 1 Peter 2, 9-11. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. We're not talking about America or South America or Canada or any other nation defined by, by the, the land mass and where it is uh, geographically. We're talking about a people, those that have been called out and those that have come out. Hallelujah. That's why the next descriptive uh, uh, phrase is that you are not only a holy nation, but a peculiar people. A peculiar people. Peculiar here means that, that we have been washed in the blood of Jesus. We have been cleansed and set apart unto him as his very 
own children. Praise God. Peculiar here doesn't mean weird, although a lot of people think we are because we don't think like they think. That's because we've been renewed in the spirit of our mind. We've been translated and we are being transformed. Praise God. And one day soon we're going to be transferred from this earth into the into the place that he's prepared for us at his coming. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to it again. I just want to read this again. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him. Literally here, it's not just praising God in our worship. This is the word for virtues of him, to show forth his very character, his very nature, because we have a new father. Praise God. And his nature is now reflected in Christ and now reflected in us. The praises of him, the virtues of him, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past you were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. Oh, friend, if there ever was a day when the church of Jesus Christ, those who make up this this community of believers, the church really began to reflect the, the, the difference, the, the diametrical difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. Because the king of this kingdom is Jesus Christ, not the devil. We are not of our father, the devil, anymore. We have a heavenly father, and, and his name is Jehovah. Hallelujah. He is the God of gods, and Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, which simply means called out ones. I preached for many years. It's time for the called out to come out. The devil is no longer our father. God is. The devil is no longer our king. Christ is. The world is no longer our home. Heaven is. The flesh is no longer our master. <laughs> Jesus is. Praise God and the Holy Spirit is. It's time. Don't you agree with me today for the called out to come out? Second Corinthians 6.14 is very, very clear. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness. And what accord hath Christ with Belial, literally the devil himself here? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? 
And and by the way, we have become the temple of God. Isn't that an incredible thing today? It, it would be for us to 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 go with the flow. To us to uh, have a value system that matches the culture around us, the sin darkened world around us, would like, be like bringing an idol into God's holy temple. And friend of mine, the Bible said that even covetousness, when we look at the world and we long for what it says is most important and what we must have to be fulfilled and happy, uh, there is a spiritual idolatry that is being committed. And what agreement hath the temple of God? By the way, Paul said of our bodies as Christian, know ye not that your body is now the temple that that God through the Holy Spirit now lives within you, just like He man, He uh, 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 lived behind the veil in that ancient temple. He now lives within our mortal bodies. Hallelujah! And what agreement therefore hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. This is sanctification, a word that you don't hear enough anymore and sometimes hardly at all in so many circles sanctification means cleansed and set apart for a holy purpose when god cleanses you when he cleanses me through the precious blood of jesus precious blood of jesus and through the washing of water by the word he sets us apart unto himself and he says in verse 18, And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And then verse 7 is just a continuation. Chapter 7, rather. Verse 1 is a continuation of where this ends. It was only separated in order to translate it perfectly and properly. Having, therefore... These promises. What promises? I will be a father unto you. I will receive you. You shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll live in you. I will walk in you, he says. Literally, I'll perambulate. It means I will move freely in a life that is submitted and surrendered unto me. Praise God. And separated unto me. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Not the dread of God, but the reverence and the respect for God. 
There's a vast difference. The Bible said in the Old Covenant, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the word fear there means deep reverence. Deep reverence with awe and affection. With awe and affection. I love that that uh, translation of that scripture. To reverence Him, but to do it with love and affection for Him. A devotion to God. Having these promises, let us perfect holiness in the deep reverence and awe and affection. Today, if you're a Christian, you are part of the Ecclesia. You have been translated. You are being transformed. And soon, we're all going to be transferred when Jesus comes from this earthly realm into the heavenly holy city where we will live forever, age without end. It's time for the called out to come out and boldly follow Jesus. Upstream Christians in a downstream world. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and the devil has told you you could never be delivered, you could never be set free, he's lied to you. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the mighty Holy Spirit. And if you repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your Savior, all of that power will be released in your life. And Jesus will set you free and the chains will break and you'll be translated out of the power and the prison of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. I pray that you'll pray that prayer today, that you will come to Jesus, and you will come back next week, and let's talk about Jesus.